Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of So Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host Jeannie Rice and along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is, I'm a little out of breath, I just got through doing my three-mile walk and about ran out of time. Today's Monday, January the 18th, 2016. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. And I would say welcome, Michael, but he's going down to get his headset, and I'm actually using his phone. So in the meantime, I'll just say if you're new to the show, you can go to our website, which is www.whyagain.org. And if you click on the bullseye, which is in the middle of the page, it will take you to um, an explanation of the forgiveness word. There is a 24-minute a PowerPoint presentation there. There is all kinds of worksheets. You can click on audios of radio shows where we've actually walked someone through doing the forgiveness process. Now, in this work, forgiveness is not letting another person off the hook for something they brought up in you. Forgiveness is if you and I interact and I become angry or fearful or whatever, anything less than love, which is my actual being, If I go into that, then it's not letting you off the hook for bringing it up in me, but it's going inside and removing that so that no matter what happens in my world, that I can stay connected to my source. You know, we use a little example in our workshops of a rose and a butterfly, and this is actually on the website if you want to print it off. And there's a rose and a butterfly, and they meet, and they fall in love, and and they have a wonderful time together until one day the butterfly flies away. And because the rose thinks there's nothing greater then the love of that butterfly, it uproots itself to give chase. And what's going to happen to the rose when it uproots? It's going to die because it made something else more important than staying connected to its source. So when you and I, as beings of love, you know, it says in the ancient text that we are created in the image of the creator and that the creator is love. So that is our very essence. So when we put something else more important than staying connected to love, We have initiated our own death. And so this work is about going inside and removing all of the barriers, all the things that we have built against being just who we are. And the process is Aramaic forgiveness, and that's what we are about. Michael and I started yesterday. We had already scheduled Unity on the Bay in Miami a year and a half ago. So we we had such a time getting in there. We didn't want to undo that, so we kept that appointment, and we figured while we were on this side of the of Florida that we would go ahead and, and fill out the week. So we're scheduled starting tonight at the Ayurvedic, I'm not saying that right, Ayurvedic Center for Wellness in Hollywood, Florida. And we're going to be running all week, Monday through Friday's free workshops, and then Saturday we're going to do an all-day mind shifters and still point breathing. So if you know of anybody in this area or if you are in this area, Please come and and participate. And we did have a great group, a great turnout yesterday, and we ran short on time. I think we could have stayed there probably another four hours with this group. They were just all right on. So anyway, that is what our week is looking like. 
And so Michael's just gotten back in here, so I am going to turn it over to him. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart. Is that an awesome explanation of what we're doing or what? How cool. And uh, it was fun to be in Miami. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's been interesting to be sitting still for the last several months. Normally we'd have, uh, oh, at least 10 different cities that we've done since we've gotten on the road, maybe more like 17 or 18. And so, you know, last year I think we did 35 cities, 180 workshops. And uh, we did do one workshop over at uh, CSL in uh, in Bradenton. We had connected with some friends who wanted us to do a Y workshop. But that's the only thing we've done since we got to Florida in terms of workshops. What's that, Jeannie? I'm going to do next Monday. And Monday, yes, next Monday, Jeannie's going to do. I'm going to be the assistant. I'm going to open up with the two questions for those who are familiar with the workshop. And Jeannie's going to teach why is this happening to me again next Monday at a place called, let's see, it's the Relationship Center. Marriage and Family Center in Bradenton. So next Monday you can come join us there. Or all week here in uh, in Hollywood. We'll be delighted to see you. And it was interesting. Yesterday we had a gentleman in the audience as I did the Sunday service and talked about forgiveness being about removal. And there was a gentleman there who had been a minister for over 50 years. And he came up to me after the service and he's like, you just changed my life. Been a minister for over 50 years, and I didn't know that forgive meant remove. And he said, I've been going all these years, and he referred to hostility and fears. We talk about removing hostility and fear and forgiving those things. He referred to those as monkeys on his back, and he said, I've had these monkeys on my back all my life, and I didn't know that forgive meant remove and that I could remove them. So he's embarking on a new career. And that is learning to forgive, to remove the monkeys on his back. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. You never know when somebody's ready to start their work. I remember back, oh, gee, this is probably 15 years ago now, we had a young woman who showed up at an intensive at Heartland. She was 91, and a year earlier she'd had a stroke. She came to the intensive, and she'd been doing physical therapy for over a year, or a year since she'd had her stroke, and she was able to get her arms up to about her shoulders. With some effort, she was able to get her arms up to her shoulders. And when she finished the nine-day intensive, she was able to get her arms clasped over her hands, pardon me, clasped with her arms over her head after nine days. Things scheduled, so she had to go home and went home at 91 and turned around and came back for an intensive about three weeks later, the later part of the summer, and did a second intensive. And by the time we finished that intensive, she was dancing with her arms flailing over her head like, you know, the youngest break dancer in the crowd. I mean, it's just awesome to see what happens. You know, people think, well, how could you change physical things? Well, you can't change physical things with forgiveness. But then when you realize the truth is there are no physical things, it's all energy, and you're dealing with the root of what's happening in the energy system, everything changes. And so to see someone at 88 ready to embark on engaging, starting to work, and interestingly enough, after 50 years of working with the teachings of Jesus, but, but you know, as I usually point out in a Sunday service, if Yeshua sat in most audiences in the world today, he would say, that's all Greek to me. No Aramaic content or very little was actually originally said. And if you look at Yeshua, he says, I come to bring you life and bring it more abundantly. Now, that's a result. So he says, I come to bring you a result. Now, do you think somebody who hasn't experienced that result in their lives can teach you about how to achieve the result? Can't do it. So we've had generations of people who've taken what they thought were the words of Yeshua, especially if it came out of Greek, tried to apply them, didn't get the result, but went on creating belief systems about the man. You know, if, if I tell you about how to make chocolate ice cream and you've never tasted ice cream, you've never thought about ice cream because you didn't know what ice cream was, 
what do you suppose the chances are that you know, one, the taste of ice cream, that you've had that experience, and two, how to make it? Not likely. So if I tell you about it but never make it for you, you never taste it, you might go on telling stories and legends will develop about the taste of ice cream, but you've never had the experience. If you look at Yeshua, if you listen to him, you hear him saying, here's the result we're after. You will maintain your human life in the presence of those who hate you and those who despitefully use you. You will do kindness to those who despitefully use you. Now, what kind of a result is that? Who do we know? I mean, we have people out there. I remember sitting and listening when the first Gulf War started to this so-called Christian minister who went through this whole explanation to convince people that just war was something that Yeshua would have stood behind. That going out and killing people because they had something you wanted or were doing something you didn't like was justifiable under his teachings. And that kind of thing can only happen from people who haven't experienced the power and the results of his actual teachings. Now, the power and the results of his actual teachings are not easy. This is not a, a thing for wimps. This is not an easy doctrinal system that has a bunch of beliefs and you just engage in those beliefs and here you go. See, you get this result for free. No, no. If you go back to the first century Aramaic and you know, I, I, I ran across a, across a quote recently. I don't remember whether I shared it on the show, but I shared it in the service on Sunday where Einstein says, I'm no smarter than anybody else. I just stuck with the problem longer. When I first came to understand that the word forgiveness in Aramaic meant shebag, and it had to do with canceling goals. It had to do with unloading drivers from your mind so that you could collapse the perception that was insane and heal I began to work with that, and for almost three decades, without knowing why or how it worked, I taught it, and I taught it, and I taught it, and I taught it, and I taught it. In fact, I've had people who've said, gee, Michael, I hear you've actually taught that Why Is This Happening to Me Again workshop three times in a single day, and here I sat I'd listened to you yesterday, and you were about as excited as a little kid that had heard this material for the first time. How could you do that? You know how I can do that? Because it's the first time I've heard it. Each time I teach, why is this happening to me again? A workshop I developed and have taught over 35 years. I learn something new. If I don't learn something new, I haven't done the workshop properly. And so I look forward to it with as much excitement when I teach it today as I did when I taught it first and when I taught it 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 30 years ago because it opens new spaces every time. People who say to me, oh, I did that workshop, I, you know, I've already had that course. It's like they've had the course. And it takes time to hang around the work long enough to develop the brain cells to really understand just what was being taught and how this awesome process of forgiveness works. And, and as you engage it, and, and you can talk to any teacher out there, you'll find that every teacher out there will say that the longer they teach it, the more they teach it, the more deeply they learn what it means. And where they thought they had meaning, all of a sudden, a whole new level of understanding occurred. So we're here to open the space. And, and one of the reasons why it can be difficult to engage in this work is because each time you open another part of your mind, you discover something about yourself that you didn't know. You get to experience something in your cellular structure that you didn't know was there and you get to clean it up. 
And the difficulty in recognizing as you're in the healing process that the layers that peel up need to be moved through and recall that it's a healing process rather than believing what your mind is telling you about the moment. If your mind is telling you that your human life is worth nothing at this moment, that what's really important is your rage, your guilt, your fear, your intimidation, if that's what your mind is telling you, your mind has trapped you in a lie. And it's hard when you've spent your whole life believing the lies of the mind to get free of those lies. I was processing with someone this morning, and they were telling me about how they'd gone through, you know, some issues in a relationship, and that at the completion of one phase of the issues moving, their words were, I felt nervous in my blood and shook inside. And this person thought it was a result of the interaction in their relationship. Until I asked the question, well, when was the first time you can remember feeling that nervousness inside? And feeling like you were shaking inside. And it was like, oh my God, that's, that's exactly what I felt when mom and dad used to fight. So here's a conflict going on in a current relationship decades later. And because she's doing her work, as she moves through her forgiveness process, she can drop into those energies that are decades old and perhaps, in fact, generations old. If we could quiz mother about those fights that perhaps happened even before she was conceived, I bet mother would use exactly the same words. Oh, nervous in my blood and shook inside. If we could interview father, he very likely would use the same words. And if we could interview grandmother and grandfather on both sides of the equation, we find that energy moving in many generations. And as I realized that, then the old dynamics that come up, like for instance, when you get into that sort of a space, then because those things are not Dr. Feelgood, what do most people want to do? They want to use that as a weapon to threaten and punish. And so if I'm feeling that nervousness and shaking inside, you must be the cause. Therefore, I will lash out at you and say, look what you've done to me. I'm leaving. Never once realizing that I'm in the process of healing an old energetic dynamic from the bloodline. I love the title. You know, we've, I've been probing Jeannie for uh, a couple of months about the title of her book. And I love the title that she finally came up with. And that is healing the generations one breath at a time. And to realize that if I'm not inclined to function as a human being, if I'm not inclined in my current relationship situation, no matter what my partner's doing, to express as a human being, that means to express through a gentle voice, to express through loving eyes, to express through loving touch and loving words. If I'm not inclined to that, now, the mind will tell me that I'm only losing that inclination because of what my partner did. No, I'm losing that inclination because I've given up my human life to something based in hostility or fear in me. And so each time I confront that and I'm inclined to tighten, lock down, clutch my jaw and lash out at somebody, and, and you know, somebody could be, looking on and say, well, that's fully justified after what your partner did. Boy, they deserve that. And, and that might be true, but, but the question is, do you deserve it? And, and to be true to yourself 
And many people say, well, that's what was really going on for me. So I just puked it all over them because I was being true to myself. It's like, what a fraud. No, you weren't. You were destroying yourself with that energy. That energy is what destroys the cellular structure of the body of the person who holds it. A true human being who notices that kind of energy comes up, stops, takes a breath and says, whoa, why am I inclined toward hostility here? Why am I inclined to lash out? I think I've got a goal that's accessing a hostile part of my mind, I think I'll cancel my goal. And then in that instant, I literally can return to a softening breath and reach out with loving hands and a loving heart to embrace this person who just did something that to me is stark raving insane. And I can do that because... I'm functioning as a human being and I haven't given up the presence of my human life because somebody else triggered something in me. So if I'm not reaching out with that soft touch, with that caring word, with that loving embrace, I realize I have work to do. And my work is going to look like anything that's ever happened to me that's unlike love coming to the surface to be removed. And so when I agree to let go of that threat and that punishment that my power person demonstrated for me because they deserve it, when I stop and I say, I don't deserve this tightness in my body and this threat, what I deserve is the presence of love. And if my partner can't give it to me, I can because I know how to run my energy system and I know how to remove my hostility or fear. Thank you, partner, for showing me how to heal another part of my mind. And as I breathe and get quiet, I become better and better in the instant where my hostility and fear-based mind comes up, and the world would say justifiably so after what they did, I become better and better at instantly healing those parts of myself and returning so that what's in my cellular structure, what's in my heart, what's in my gut, what's in my belly, what's in my head, is the presence of active love. Hold the newborn child, if you ever forget what that's like, and I bring that forward and give it to my world. The world that doesn't deserve it is crying. No, of course, in, in non-human terms, nobody who's being bizarre deserves that. But I deserve it. And when I let that gentleness and that sweetness pass through me, when I reach out with a loving touch to someone in pain... I can give the gift of healing to this person that I say I cherish. And there's no more awesome gift in all the world to give than that gift. So it takes breathing. It takes canceling goals. It takes accessing a lot of old junk and throwing it off. And it takes a great deal of awareness, conscious and awake. That's why we call it a wake-up sheet. Thank you to Susan for coming up with that name. And if you want to access the latest wake-up sheet, we renovated it slightly. It's mostly cosmetic renovation that we did. There was one spelling error in it that had to change, so we renovated that. But if you want to access the latest worksheet, you can go to www.whyagain.org. And if you click on the bullseye in the center of the page, you might have to scroll down a little bit. You find a, a white and red bullseye. You click on it. And the second link down will take you to the latest worksheet. January 2015's version. You're welcome to access it. Put it to work. It's amazing what, if you use it, you can do in your life. And the reason we're here on this show five days a week is to support you in having that technology available, understanding how to use it, and the beauty of the process is I get to teach it, as Jeannie gets to teach it, as Dr. Tech, or Rex, or Dr. Tim does, as Rex does, as anyone who teaches it does, as Susan does, as Terry does, 
They get to learn on another level. We get to learn how to heal those spaces. And what I found is almost 50 years of doing this work, 40, I don't know, 47 or so, and 35 years on Aramaic forgiveness, we finally understand how to explain why and how it works. If you haven't looked at that yet, there's an awesome PowerPoint. Click on the um, the red, white bullseye on whyagain.org, and the fourth link down, I believe it is, you'll see a, a link to a PowerPoint. And Bill Costantino took 35 years of, of my work on forgiveness. We were back and forth for a whole period of a year or so, and we actually we're going to do some new renovations on it in the next few months. But he's he's just awesome at doing PowerPoint. And he took 35 years of work, put it into a PowerPoint, and uh, created a video of it. So it's there on our YouTube channel. You can access it through that uh, that link that I just explained. Click the bullseye, fourth link down. Or you can just go to whyagain.org, and on the right-hand side you'll see several social media little you know, icons. Technology is just awesome to have. The bottom icon is a little square with an arrow in it, and that's the YouTube link. If you click that and you look down through the list, you'll see the PowerPoint presentation. Click on it. You'll also find there, along with, I don't know, 40 or 50 other uh, videos, you find a new first hour of why is this happening to be again. Uh, it's a piece that we just uh, edited, and uh, it came out so well, we were going to put clips, and we're actually working on getting the clips together to put, there'll be a bunch more clips showing up in the next several weeks. That'll probably be after the uh, the intensive in, uh, in Orlando in February, the intensives. We'll get back to that. But uh, the the first hour just I had, it was interesting, when I did that workshop, it was like, well, that was pretty good, but it wasn't great. At least that wasn't my recollection of it. But when I watched it and we were editing, it's like, man, this came together so nicely. So we decided to put the whole first hour, it's actually, I think, 51 or 52 minutes. So you can go to uh, that link on the right-hand side of our homepage with the uh, YouTube, click on it and go down and you'll see the, the first hour of uh, why is this happening to me again. And it's just uh, just really came together well. And take it and put it to work in your life. In the meantime, we're here to hold a space of support and you know, I love Richard Bach's uh, conclusion that we teach best that we most what we most need to learn. So all of us who are here, quote, unquote, posing as teachers of the work, you know what our learning is about. It's about learning the process of forgiveness. And I, for one, feel like when I really think about the gift that I've been given by getting to teach this for my own life, it is just, it's been such a blessing that I get to do this and that I chose, and in some ways the universe kind of coerced me, but I chose to keep teaching it, which has given me the gift that just is monumental. And we want you to have that gift. And if you have questions, our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations we can't see you on or you're in the chat room, not on the phone, call in at 646-200-4169. And if you have a question or a thought, push one. In the meantime, let's say hello to Dr. Tim and see how that young man's weekend has been. And thank you for doing the radio show, both you and Michelle, Tim, uh, uh, on Friday. Uh, while we were engaged with some folks here, we're just there, – there are so many opportunities developing, and we're having – I personally am having a little difficulty because, you know, the inclination is, well, if we get an opportunity to give it to another group of people, let's go do it. But – our uh, our focus for this journey this winter is to rewrite why is this happening for me again, for Jeannie to write uh, Healing the Generations One Breath at a Time, to get these videos edited and to get the pieces on YouTube. So we've got plenty on our plate and are just passing on the other opportunities as much as possible, but it's a, it's a challenge for me. So, Dr. Tim, how do you be, sir? I'm Thank doing quite Friday. well. Thank you. You're very welcome. Awesome. We had a couple callers on Friday that helped. December 30th, the show was just just me talking because nobody raised a hand or had a question. But yesterday, yesterday Friday, we had two excellent uh, calls with questions, and it really helped the show move along faster. And 
So that was lovely. And then uh, on the weekend, we had I was asked to do a do the talk at the Unity Church because the minister retired the week before. So I did a talk at the church and did the the topic being about <clears throat> grief, loss, the grieving process, etc. And uh, and then I did a two-hour workshop after that teaching the the tool that's come down to me over the years as the most effective way to process a relationship and the grief of the loss of a relationship. And um, that was well attended, and that went well. And Dr. Michael Rice and his work, along with Guy Finley and John Veldheim and a couple other people, made it into the the talk on Sunday. <clears throat> so it was another weekend chock full of learning and sharing and being around loving people, and uh, so it was fabulous, delightful. And with, with you would kind um, of think, I was just going to say, you would kind of think with us, you know, after a certain period of time, we'd have learned it all, wouldn't you? Like, like when when does this stop just growing, expanding? It's amazing. Well, I you know, I like the way way of mastery says it. You know, if you're part of uh, an ever-expanding universe um, uh, and you're part of an infinite mind, how could you ever want to be done? How could you ever think you'll be done learning about yourself? So so with some, of that, uh, <clears throat> some parts of that or maybe the whole audio of the two-hour workshop will be available on my website before long. It's um, I've given that talk a number of times over the years and tried recordings of it and I think I might actually have a recording of it that's worth posting this time. So, awesome! I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, I'll keep you posted if that uh, if that edit edits out well enough to put it on the website. And beyond that, I'm just uh, glad to be here and on the team, and looking forward to more callers like we had on Friday with excellent questions. Awesome! Awesome! Well, Gene says we've got a caller. Let's say hello. And I can hear myself in the background on your end. So, area code 417, you're on the air. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? I know it's Missouri. Yeah, this is Julie. How are you? Well, hey there, young lady. I am well, blessed, and highly favored. Well, good, good. Well, you know, you were talking about resulting the... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, as I said, blessed and highly favored. Uh, you've heard uh, Michael Coughlin tell the story about uh, the first time he met me. You know, here's this guy who's six foot five, former military, uh, and his expertise is teaching people how to kill people. And when he first met me, uh, he, you know, we we met passing at a, a workshop, and he said hello and how are you? And I said blessed and highly favored, and he just like sneered at me like are you some kind of wacko and then a few weeks ago I was talking to Michael and he met somebody and they asked him how he was and he said blessed and highly favored and I just thought that was just a, a fun round robin with Michael <laughs> fantastic actually very very good yeah, yeah it's pretty cool so what's on your mind young lady uh, well, you know, you were talking about results, and I wanted to share some results in my life. So um, uh, one thing that I want to share is I went for, uh, you know, a saliva test for the bioidentical hormones. And when they give the saliva test, they give it from early in the morning to late at night, and there's five vials, which is quite a bit of saliva to come up with, <laughs> you know, if you've ever done a saliva right. test. Got to learn to spit, anyway. eh? You're allowed to spit. So you really have to work towards drinking in the time periods they allow you to drink so that you can give that saliva. Anyway, when right. I went to see the uh, see the doctor, the MD, she um, and she's a gynecologist. She uh, she said that um, you know my my reports were absolutely great. She was so impressed with the way everything went, and she said it looks fabulous for you know doing hormones. But then you know, and she did say my hormones were low. But then what she said was. Um, you know, I, I was wondering about your cortisol level. It goes straight across the board. And your stress stress level, it goes straight across the board. She goes, um, in most people, their stress level and cortisol level 
um, never does that, you know. Hang on a second, the phone's ringing. And so, um, so anyway, so what happened was, um, she goes, what are you doing, you know, to manage that stress? Uh, because, you know, it just doesn't show up on a graph. It's always up and down, up and down. So I told her what I was doing, you know, the worksheet process and so on. And she goes, fabulous. You just keep doing that. So that was really, you know, great feedback, you know, so that I was maintaining. She was, most people do not maintain their stress or the clinical levels. I'm able to do That's that. That's awesome. So she, yeah, so she was complimenting me on that. And then I decided that I was going to work towards changing my diet and certainly get rid of wheat and, you know, eating bread and, you know, because a lot of these things just turn to sugar. So I last five months on that with the intention of taking this blood test from the local chiropractor who is a nutritionist. So um, right before Christmas, you know, I took I took the. Um, can you hear me okay? Loud and Michael? clear. You're on it. Okay. Okay. okay so you're then good. You're good. Okay, so then what I did was I took this blood test right before Christmas, and then two days ago I received the results from him. And he said, and mind you, he's a semi-retired chiropractor and used to work with the Boulder, um, no, you know, Denver. Um, right. So anyway, he um, he's, a, he's a really, really sweet energy man. And he said, you know what, I have never seen – a result like this in all the years that I've been practicing. And he said, I've never seen a blood test like this. And he said, most of the time there's a lot of red in there and you have mostly green. He goes, you have two areas you need to work on, but this is the best blood test I've ever seen in all my, in all my career. So I wanted to share that with you too. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Did you stay up all night studying for that blood test or what? No, but I mean, it's like, um, you know, I, I, I do admit that I was very conscious about the whole thing and that what I wanted to do, what I wanted to create as far as, you know, beginning to change my diet and so on, because I knew that the, the gentleman I'm talking about is very disciplined. And I thought, um, you know, I want to be able to, if I need to discipline myself, be prepared for that. So <clears throat> when... Um, when we connected, it was just so great because he just—he was so thrilled because at the end, it, he said, let me just shake your hand. And he said, you know, it's so delightful to be able to share with somebody their good health and what they're doing rather than me sharing with them what direction they need to take or, you know, um, you know, for what, what drug they need to take or what disease that's, um, you know, going on in their field and so on. So it was really, you know, very delightful. And I was That's excited awesome. about Yeah, I wanted to share it with you. And I I keep getting a phone call, so I apologize if it's interrupting the whole thing. But between the saliva test and the blood test, you know, I feel like I've really achieved a result. And as you know, and I want everybody in the radio show to know, I made sure I did an intensive every summer. And I made sure, and I still do today, make sure I do five worksheets a day. And that's been for 28 years. You know, you and I met 28 years ago. And I think that just like your commitment, putting one foot in front of the other, you know, my commitment is putting one foot in front of the other. And I know that as we do this, we make a significant shift in everybody's life. And I think if we all join in, then, you know, the energy slowly, slowly changes and we see a different result. So um, I'm very That's awesome. Well, I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful to Heartland and to Jeannie and everybody else that's participated in that and all the people that I've supported and that have supported me. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. That's awesome. And it's interesting that you bring that up this morning. You know, we're staying uh, in the home of a friend who's a medical doctor that we've worked with for years. It's been to Heartland. You, You met Leonard Smith. And this man is just an amazing mind, an amazing researcher. He used to, uh, he's a surgeon, and or was a surgeon, and uh, used to be at the uh, medical school in Gainesville, but he's now in Miami and uh, works with the University of Miami. And he shifted from surgery mostly to doing nutritional research. 
and just that you mentioned the cortisol and this morning he was telling us about some of the new research uh, on cortisol and that what you know when when people have been around the sun several times you know we start to get those those time frames without mentioning any ages around the sun that what happens is because they don't handle their hostility and fear their cortisol levels go up and that what they found is you know most people as they get older their muscle mass disappears and you know Julie's a young lady but uh you know she's still at Heartland and it's interesting we'll we'll get back from a trip and she's out there pulling trees down or you know hauling leaves around or or whatever and if you shake her hand you know you don't want to arm wrestle her but what Leonard was saying today uh, was that some of the latest research is showing that excessive cortisol levels cause the body to digest the protein in muscles. That's why most people, as they get older, they lose muscle. And they lose muscle because their cortisol levels cause the body to digest their muscles in order Ooh. to provide proteins for the body. And so... You know, why are you still so strong and muscular for a young woman your age? And and you just explained it to us. And, and so it was coincidental. It was kind of fun that this morning that was exactly our conversation with uh, with Leonard. And I'm actually going to talk with him later today because he's been we, we were spending some time with his wife and he doesn't really have a website with his research up. So I'm going to see if we can inspire him to, uh, to put more because he's just like, he's got this genius research mind. And every time we're together, I learn something new from Leonard. And so I'm going to see if we can get him to put some of his stuff up on the web and, uh, and uh, make it available as a resource to people more and more. Cause it's just, it's the kind of stuff that you don't hear from your average MD or, or DC or DO or whatever that uh, is just, you know, Amazing and awesome. So, so just an interesting coincidence that I mean, we had that conversation with him, Jeannie and I, what two hours ago, honey, and here you are talking about uh, how you've maintained your cortisol levels. And cortisol, of course, is a fear response, and a fear response comes from holding some form of hostility or fear frequency within the system. And as Jeannie was saying, forgiveness is about literally removing those energies, which removes the cortisol and leaves us with a strong, intact structure. I was talking to somebody uh, just last, oh, maybe two weeks ago, who was talking about, and we're kind of, and, you know, of course, I'm here for eternity, uh, but I've been around the sun a few times, too, and this person was saying, well, you know, I'm about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years younger than you, and, and I'm losing muscle, and I don't understand why. Why can't I maintain my muscles like you are maintaining yours? It's like, well, I didn't know from a technical medical point of view what the research was saying till this morning when Leonard said oh cortisol digest your muscles so pretty awesome pretty cool how it all just synchronizes and comes together as we're ready to learn something new and to uh to trust the universe we met actually with another medical doctor from Atlanta who's a student of ours from way back years ago a woman who's a hand surgeon who's now specialized and she's a plastic surgeon but specializes in in uh, actually working with women who are having trouble with breast implants. And she's just done all kinds of research in that arena. And there were a couple of other things that that she shared with us that are discoveries from her perspective uh, that are like, well, yeah, well, she said, this is something that's really important. It's like, yeah, well, we've been doing that for about 10 years. And then they came up with two or three different things. It's like, I'm so appreciative for guidance because without, you know, that medical knowledge and research – it's just what we've been guided to do. And, and, and I just offer to everybody that as you do your work, there is a power in the universe that runs the game that you will have direct access to its mind and it will tell you everything you need to know. And, you know, it's just an awesome thing to have available to us. And the only thing you need to do to be in that mind, to have you know what the ancients called the mind of Christ, which means a direct open channel to God in Aramaic to the creator, to love, all you have to do is remove what's not like it. No, you don't lie about your your irritation response that comes up in the moment, but in an instant you forgive it and you go back to gentleness and love. You just remove the cortisol.
cortisol response when you did that. When you said, well, I'm angry and I want everybody to know I'm angry and I have the right to express my anger and I can puke on whoever. Well, you're right. You can puke on whoever you want and guess whose muscles are going to be destroyed by it. It's only going to be yours. That other person may or may not have resonance with it, but their resonance will determine what happens in their form. Yours determines what happens in yours. And if you find yourself with some form of hostility, fear, as Julie says, 28 years, she's been doing five worksheets a day. You know, this summer, Patrick was uh, was talking about, and Patrick's someone who's been at Heartland for the last 18 years or so, and he was going to take an intermission from doing worksheets. And he's been doing five worksheets a day for 18 years. And he decided that he wanted to make the 20-year mark before he took an intermission. And so he, he didn't take that intermission. So it's just, just cool to watch and, you know, amazing to be part of. So nice work, lady. That's just fabulous to have that kind of verification, isn't it? It is. Wow. It's really fabulous. And he said the areas, you know, that I was, um, you know, that I did have two areas where, you know, were questionable. One of them happened to be like I needed much more vitamin D than I'm getting. And but, but he said they're so small. And I, and I think he was happy, too, to see something else, you know, something else being witnessed in front of him. And I really yes. appreciate the information on the cortisol because she was excited because of what I was telling her what to do. And, uh, I mean, that's really great news, too. So I'm glad this is all kind of coming together. You know, it's a yeah, good lesson. powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there needs to be time in the sunshine on a regular basis to get that D3. And, by the way, and here's another piece of information I got from Leonard. Actually, about five years ago when we were with Leonard, you know, I was certainly aware that to get D3, you had to be out in the sunshine, but actually the UVB2 from which the body manufactures vitamin D on the skin only happens between 10 in the morning and 3 in the afternoon. If you go out of the sun at 4 o'clock, it doesn't matter where you are on the planet. And he was saying, you know, well, nobody knows why this is, but everywhere on the planet between 10 and 2, if you're in the sun, there are frequencies there that will cause your, your skin to produce vitamin D3. And you need adequate vitamin D3 to avoid cancer. And and interestingly enough, there's some recent information coming out that there are actually enzymes being put into vaccines to strip the body of its ability to make and utilize vitamin D3. Got to be careful of what's going on. And so getting that time in the sunshine and, of course, a a second best to that is supplementing with a good quality uh, vitamin D3. And I don't have the name of a particular product, but make sure that you're using not a synthetic but a natural vitamin D3 supplement uh, to get your D3 up. And there's research, I believe it was done at the University of Minnesota, that says that 50% of all cancers in America – could be eliminated if people had sufficient vitamin D3. It's a major protector against cancer. 50% of cancer would disappear if everybody had adequate vitamin D3 levels. So, yeah, pretty important stuff. So that's a good piece of information to have. Sunshine. Sunshine on your body. you got to get, you know, on the largest skin surfaces you can, uh, enough sunshine to get that D3. Right. He, uh, he told me, put your bikini on and get out there for at least a half an hour. There you go. But he has, yep. he has a good company that I can, you know, get underneath his name and order some really good quality supplements. Yeah. Cool. So awesome. I'm, I'm heading in that direction. Nice, nice. And and to find, you know, one of the best supplement lines out there is um, Standard Process. Usually it's chiropractors who carry it, so you can – you know, contact the local chiropractor that carries standard process, and uh, it's a really high-integrity company that has some of the best supplements in the world. So good information to have. Awesome. Well, that's just I, I, like I'm. my whole being is smiling as you say that, Julie. That's just fabulous. Good. I am really glad I could share it with you because, you know, I mean, you and I, like I said, we've been together for a long time, and it's nice to see a result like that, and, and it's so nice to be able to, you know, hear all the information because I don't think people know what they can do differently. Right. Keep up the good right. Awesome. All right, fabulous. Well, anything else to share at this moment? Any words of inspiration? 
Cool. Dr. Tim, you have anything to add to that conversation or those thoughts? Simply congratulations, and it's lovely to have the testimonial that gets verified by an outside source that doing the internal work, the mental-emotional work, has a direct impact on the physical. So that's all I would add. Congratulations. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. It's been an interesting journey. To be aware. I bet. It's been an interesting journey for all of us. And just for those who would go, oh, come on now, are you guys really serious? Let's look at the mechanism of why and how you can have such an impact on the physical through forgiveness. Literally what they're showing, uh, Candace Pert, former head of brain bio research at the National Medical Institute of Health, has discovered and shown in the laboratory that when you think a thought, that thought turns into a molecule in your body. And that molecule in your body, that molecule in your body is called a neuropeptide, and it circulates around in your structure until it finds a cell with a receptor site that matches. So here we have a so-called you know, speaking from the world's perspective, not that this is accurate in any way, shape, or form, but speaking from the world's perspective, we have something non-physical called a thought that looks like it becomes physical, becomes a molecule in your body. That molecule is information. If the molecule, the information, is made of hostility or fear, it will circulate around in your structure until it finds a cell with the receptor site that matches. It will lock onto that receptor site and insert itself as the chemistry of hostility or fear in the cell. Now that the energy in the cell that's been inserted that shows up as a chemical appears in the cell, there's a, an energy in the cell that is off target. Remember, we've, we've spoken about the Aramaic word sin as an archery term. When you fire at the target and you miss the bullseye, the scorekeeper yells, sin, you're off the mark. So when that neuropeptide inserts its frequency into the cell, the cell begins to deteriorate. One of the responses to that is cortisol. It's a defense mechanism. And it has all kinds of untoward effects. Now, in a short term, if you're in an emergency situation, cortisol can perk you up and really be helpful. But in the long haul, it's destructive to the structure. So it's meant to be, gee, you know, you got an emergency and bang, your, your structure kicks in and, and off you go and you handle the emergency. But what happens is, because people have been exposed to the mind energy of emergency, I mean, go right on down from, you know, the threat level is at red today. What do people do? They go around producing cortisol in response to somebody on television said, somebody in some bureaucracy somewhere said, the threat level is red today. And people go into the airport and they hear this voice in the background saying, be careful of those strangers who leave bags for you to pick up and take on the airplane because they got bombs. I mean, that's all cortisol producing garbage. It's the cellular structure in trauma and the cortisol flowing. Now, forgiveness, as Yeshua taught it 2,000 years ago, not what the Greeks have told us, that I let that potential terrorist off the hook because he scared me, but actual forgiveness means that if I find myself in fear to that voice coming over the, the microphone every three minutes in the airport terrorizing me, if I have nothing in me to be in terror about, or if I find terror in me, I stop and I breathe and I forgive that terror, I literally scoop that neuropeptide out of the cell, remove the chemistry from the cell that is off the mark. I remove literally the sin from the cell. The cell goes back to health. And I breathe out the energy of terror. And forgiveness has changed my cellular structure. Terror shows up in the body 
as things like tumors and aberrant chemistry in a thyroid gland or a pineal gland or a pituitary gland or a kidney or an adrenal or a liver. Energy system is run by, get it, the opening words in the book of John do not say in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. The opening words in the book of John say in the beginning was the mind energy and the mind energy became flesh. They knew exactly what they were talking about. Your thoughts turn into so-called chemicals in your cell, your flesh. Whose mind energy are you buying into? Are you living in the world of terrorism? Are you buying that whole game? Well, if you're buying it, then you're a contributor to it, and your physiology is paying a price. If you decide that you'd like to play a different game, like you'd like to contribute to creating literal peace inside of your structure, freedom from excessive cortisol and useless cortisol levels, destructive cortisol levels, and you'd like to create a community based in love, then you have to do things differently than the culture teaches you to do it. The predominant resident control in the culture is hostility and fear. If you haven't noticed, just tune into the next debate. What, what do you suppose it would be like if, in order to run for political office in America, you had to have a human life and you had to function as love? How different would the direction of our world be? It's interesting. There were two guys a few years ago that created a thing called the Civility Project. And they spent two years lobbying the 535 members of Congress and the 50 governors of the 50 states. So 585 leaders in the free world. Let's put a big question mark beside that word, free. Because freedom doesn't come until you're free in your structure of cortisol, of fear. He lo they lobbied 585 so-called leaders. And, and their, their petition was simple. Just sign a pledge that in all of your public intercourse, you will be civil. Imagine if we took the people who are standing up in front of the microphones, brainwashing us with fear about immigrants, etc., etc. Imagine if those people with red hair had to say things that were civil and only things that were civil. And it's interesting, two years of these two guys working full-time on the civility project got three politicians of 585 members of the Congress and the governors of the states who would sign a pledge to be civil. What would happen if we actually had a human administration in our country? That is... And remember, human is hold the newborn child. That's a human life. Just because you got a what looks like a human body doesn't mean there's any human life in there. It takes the active presence of love. What if we had 585 leaders who, when the stress is up and the chips are down and the terrorists were running around and that this was happening and that was happening and that was happening, actually functioned out of a guided system based in the mind of Christ, in the mind of love? Could the game key? What would we be doing on the planet? What would this look like? <laughs> you know, if you go back, there's a certain set of words that in Aramaic, or the Greeks, pardon me, out of the Aramaic, translated as the kingdom of heaven. And so it's someplace off in space somewhere, some religious something or other that's hogwashing, you know, who needs that silly stuff? But if you take those words in Aramaic, what those words say is the community of love. And in context of our conversation today, you know what that would translate into? A community of people who function with next to zero cortisol in their cells, but rather the active presence of love, which keeps a balance of chemistry in the cell and keeps people healthy, whole, with strong muscles into their hundreds. What if we actually created that? How different would the game be? That's what we're here to do, and we're down to the last few seconds. So I'm going to have to say thank you. That was a quick hour. Much appreciation, Julie, for your participation. Dr. Tim, Jeannie, your opening was awesome. And uh, we invite you to create the best year yet of your eternal life. If you're ready to take the next step in your work, come join us for the intensives in February. Look on our website. You'll see flyers, two intensives coming up. Blessings. Love
Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com.